Let's get toasted and holy ghosted. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. There is an invitation to come to the waters. <laughs> you who have no money, come <laughs> buy wine and milk without price. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. There is a river, oh God. Hallelujah. A fruit, river fruit, fruit. It's a fruit river. I want to drink from the river. There is an invitation. Blast our minds. On the last day. The Wash our brains. Every stone washed in the river. Not a dry, dead stone amongst them. Holy! He who believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. There is an invitation. Whoa. We are thirsty. Oh, my gosh. Oh, glory. I want to drink. Whoa. Thank you, Father. Fresh River Glory. I will pour forth through you as a river of glory. A river of joy. Holy! Salvation outside the river. And drink. 
<laughs> you can't grow one bit in anything of God without drinking the glory. Mm. Let the river take you out of yourself into Christ. Holy, glory. <laughs> I like to drink until I lose motor function and start drooling up the side of my mouth. of the new covenant give everyone drinks drinks just drink it will transform everything in your life open your mouth and I will fill it says the Lord with new wine and fresh oil holy whoa whoa Glory. Glory. Holy Ghost. Yeah, new wine. Ephesians 3.18 Be inebriated on the Holy Spirit. It is written. Be inebriated. If you're not inebriated on God, you're inebriated on Satan. And you got a bad attitude. I want a glad attitude. Mm. I'm gonna drink for the next 4,000 years here, so go ahead, get your, your drinking goggles on, your, your drinking helmet, probably need a helmet, helmet of salvation. Might need to physically wear a helmet, some of you, so you don't fall down and hurt yourself. Holy, hey, 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 Shabba. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. You want a double portion? Get both your hands out and put the cup of the new covenant in your left and right hand. That's a double portion. Not in theology and the religious demon, but in reality in the cup of the new covenant. Drink it. Where do you find marinating in the Bible? Can I go? Sure. Whoa. 
Been going from Joel's Steakhouse lately to Joel's Bar. <laughs> oh, whoa. <laughs> Good, yeah. Let your cup overflow. We're gonna do something biblical today. We're gonna experience God. We're not gonna talk about him, we're gonna experience him. Come on. Holy <laughs> Oh Thank you, Father. Drink your reasoning away. Drink your intellect dead. You'd be the smartest person in the world if you can drink your intellect dead on the anointing. You know that? Intelligence of the angels can only be drunk. Even though you look dumber in the natural realm, you're getting smarter in the glory realm. The only realm that counts. The natural realm, they'll think you're drunk and you'll have to say you're we're not drunk as you suppose. Well that's what I wanna be in the in the spirit. I wanna be marinated. I wanna be saturated. I wanna be full. Oh. He has brought us into the house of wine. I want my heart to be tender. And so it takes that presence of God coming, like marinating, just That's like right. the state that all my Drunkenness is thoughts. only for the pure of heart. So, Holy! Woo! You want to marinate? Oh, marinate? Lord, yeah. let the overflow of the drunken purity intoxicate and sanctify every blockage out of every soul at the sound of my voice. Oh yeah. Huh. What a strong creeper anointing be injected into their jugular. And take over the brain. Which is take over the kingdom of hell. Getting into the glory. Yeah, just drink your sins away. Every sin is washed away in the cup of his blood. If you're not drinking, you're thinking. And you're thinking is stinking. More drinking, less stinking. I want the perfume of the blood of Jesus!
Some of you need to give God a smoke offering. And the smoke of his glory filled the temple that the priests could no longer breathe oxygen. They were breathing the glory of God. Hallelujah. take over our minds and change our minds tonight. <laughs> Eat all Jezebel's witchcraft, new wine and new blood of Jesus Christ out of all our brains. We love singing in your presence, Lord. We love drinking in your presence, Lord. That's the, the spirit that opposes the blood of Jesus, that drinks the blood of the saints, is the, the spirit of witchcraft. It's Jezebel, so when you start drinking and you feel that resistance around you to the drunken glory, it's because you're wrestling the principality of Jezebel. She doesn't like the drunken glory. She only likes stealing the blood of the saints. And when you're drunk, she can't steal your blood and you destroy her and you get back all the blood that she stole from the saints, which is the life force of humanity from God the Father, Lord Jesus Christ. You start to get your power back. You start to get your provisions back. You start to get your life back. Amen. And it's all in the wonder-working power of the blood. Glory. Doesn't say anywhere in the New Testament to plead the blood. Doesn't say think about the blood. Doesn't even say believe in the blood. Doesn't say it. It says drink the blood only. Have you learned how to drink the blood? Are you still outside the new covenant, which is a cup? Oh, man. Not in the new covenant. Analyzing the new covenant. Analyzing the cup, judging the cup, thinking about the cup, but never drinking it, so never experiencing it. We need to drink it. But be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns. Ephesians 3:18. And spiritual songs. It says in the Greek, don't be drunk on the wine of the prodigals, but be inebriated with the Holy Spirit. Don't be drunk on the blood of the saints, 
constantly keep on but be drunk with the Holy Spirit wow you know that's all that really is on the earth you're either drunk on the blood of the saints or you're drunk on the Holy Ghost that's it every single one of you right now is either drunk on the blood of the saints or you're drunk on the new wine of your new blood there's nothing in between the two trees in the garden, it's the two bloodlines in the garden. You're wonderful, Lord. Set the captives free. Glory. Oh. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Holy Ghost. Thank you, Father. For a demonstration of the power of your blood in all the blood of our listeners. Release a demonstration of angelic power into all blood. From the blood of the Lamb. By tuning in today, you have given the kingdom of heaven legal right to enter the five gates of your flesh and blood. Because you're watchers. Like the angels, you're participating with the cloud of witnessing of the kingdom of heaven. And so I command heaven to invade your souls and I command hell to be washed out of your souls in Jesus name Amen Father, for a feast of glory.
Erimutu vaka tarasu tubuku derivahrate kavro. Erishin derivaku tuburi kareza. Erimuku buri barato musko. Zinderivaharatu koreatarevaharashi derivatrebodrivare. Eriaratu mukorizo. Zinderivara kundarivori karyandarivora basa. Zinderivarandaraboku rasha varato koreze. If you're viewing and have been baptized in the Holy Ghost, pray with me in tongues for a few minutes and just cleanse the airwaves. Just as a sign and wonder to the unbelievers, tongues is, it's written, 1 Corinthians 14. I'll give you the interpretation coming up next. Under the influence. Glory. Your wine is divine. Whoa. Hmm. We haven't done music in a long time, so I'm gonna play a couple fun songs and then we'll do a little background music. Is that okay? Jesus. Jam
Break down all the defense systems of the demons in all flesh and blood. Just melt them down. Every argument, every courtroom of every demon spirit defending the kingdom of Satan and hell. Blow torch it. Spirit of truth. Heaven invasion. Hell does not get an opinion. The demon does not get a voice. And you have no rights. You cannot speak in the presence of God. Satan has no rights. The kingdom and the armies of hell have no rights. Just bind them in chains. Cut their tongues out. Rip their horns off. Torture them. Torment them. Bind them to the walls of Saturn. Woo! And we are not playing fair. <laughs> Lightnings of God. The greater the drunkenness, the greater the power. The greater the confrontation. brain and the blood. Melt down all the opinion. Everything on top of everyone's head. Trust me, you only want the glory on your head anyway. It is relaxing, melt like a candle. Bless your spirit and may your spirit be so filled with heaven that it burns up your whole brain into the smoke of his glory. 
Your nostrils be inhaling the intoxicating love of God. Want to do some crack? Crack your Bible open. <laughs> they put a straw in your Bible. Make sure you're using it. Oh, oh. <laughs> 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 oh, oh. <laughs> I hope you didn't come to Joel's bar to sink. We come to Joel's bar to drink. God forgive me if I've allowed intellectuals of the kingdom of hell to participate in any of my broadcasts. We just want the glory. Crucify the carnal mind. Greeks love knowledge. The kingdom of hell loves knowledge. I hate it. <laughs> A knowledge hater party. God gave you a brain, use it. No, God gave you a spirit to crucify it, place of the skull, you antichrist warlock. I hate false Christianity. God give you a brain, use it. Oh man. You hear that one before from Satan? Alright, last one, last one, alright.
It's the hot bit of hell If you're demon possessed right now, it's a good time to get an exercise out of you. Loose! Just lay hand on your own head and be like, come on, have a drink, you carnal mind demon. Ramses don't like to dance at the party. <laughs> Pharisees hated the wine of Christ so much, they accused him of it being sin. They called him a drunkard. Can you imagine being so anointed 
that your enemies are accusing you of sin by the sheer amount of anointing on your life. It's called being a Christian. Whoa. All right. Someone might jump in the wine cellar tonight. Woo. It's the first sign of the revealing of the glory of God was the the wine sign at the wedding of Cana and Galilee. It's the introduction to Christianity. Don't ever leave Christianity. Don't ever leave the wedding wine. It's all hell outside the wedding wine. It's all hell. It's all Satan. Stay in the wedding. Stay in the wine. Glory. Wine is your blood transfusion. It's your victory over Satan, death. It's your victory over COVID-19. It's your victory over fear. Oh, ha, ha, ha. It's your victory over poverty. Glory. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, and they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk not faint, and they shall fly. Yes, that's enough. Yeah, you yeah, started to have too much fun trying to get into some religion. We have a dance party later on. I'm going to beat up your demons a little bit. And mine too. No respect your demons. Don't worry about it. I'm sure we can find something to kill tonight. You got this sword for a reason, amen? He didn't give us a sword for our cuticles. It's not a comb for our hair. Oh my god. It's not to be cute. <laughs> Glory. Jesus. Problem is, is we don't even know that how real the sword of the spirit is. What is it for? Killing. Making you killers. I mean, is it Joel's army or Joel's patty cake club? 
Are you attacking lies and the kingdom of hell with the sword that the spirit wields? You're just combing your hair with it and cleaning your cuticles and looking all nice on the outside. Are you attacking demons, lies, Satan, hell inside your heart? Are you using the sword of the spirit for what the Apostle Paul called the circumcision of the heart? So you take the sword and you circumcise your heart. People are like, oh, man, that's going to hurt. The foreskin of the heart, that's gross. At least 150 heart foreskins to buy a wife, according to King David. Or Saul. <laughs> That's why some of you are still single. You only got 75 heart foreskins. <laughs> Holy Ghost. Well, it's true. You know, it's true. You begin circumcising hearts, you'll build a kingdom of heaven. You be begin collecting big bags of foreskins like King David, and you'll establish Israel you'll establish the kingdom of heaven you'll establish the king of Israel's throne the throne of the lamb he's just looking for warriors that know how to use their sword and it's interesting we get good at using it on others but wisdom is using it on yourself see the sword of the spirit is the keys of David did you know that? He's a man after God's own heart. Well, the new covenant is completely different than the old covenant. In the new covenant, you go down into your own heart. What does 1 Corinthians 6.19 say? You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Have you gone into the temple? Do you know anything about your temple? Not the outside of the temple, the inside of the temple. And if your mind doesn't understand inside of your temple, how the spring works, how all of the gates and windows of the interior castle, if you don't see into your own heart into your own soul trust me it's just full of Satan so you use the sword of the Spirit to be men and women after God's own heart or a tabernacle of David of circumcised hearts and you can only circumcise others hearts to the measure you've circumcised your own heart using the spirit that the sword wields isn't that interesting how the Holy Ghost is just cutting the path through what weeds a sower sows seed and you got weeds everywhere because an enemy did this Jesus said enemies sowing blockages so that the human mind can't see inside their own heart this is called diving within and you want to like be like Alice in Wonderland who falls into the well the well of salvation and you keep falling within. It's called going from glory to glory. You're not falling like the angels. You're falling in love. Falling in love. The complete opposite. <laughs> if you try to ascend externally without falling in love internally, it's sorcery, it's religion. It's working by the sweat of your brow to ascend and build the Tower of Babel using the curse of the fall and the abilities of the flesh in false external religion, false unity of the brethren. Everything false is external 
everything true is internal. Jesus Christ said through his apostle John in 1 John 4, 4, greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world, meaning the building in the world is false. The religion and the Christianity in the world is false. Even external spiritual Christianity is false. And that's the most deceiving part. Those are the ones that give me the hardest time the last 15 years is the spiritual externalists. Not the natural externalists. Not even so much the witches and the warlocks. But the Christians whose spirituality is still external. They're called foolish virgins. They have no internal oil. Their entire life is a lie. And all they know how to do is steal from those who have learned to circumcise their own hearts. Judgmental, critical, slanderous, gossipers. The Bible says they came out from amongst us, but they were never of us because they never circumcised their heart. They never had their own oil. They never added anything to the cloud. They could only steal from the cloud and then think it's something they did in their own brain and then compare themselves to others. You know what that is? It's called Satan in your brain. That's how the kingdom of hell works inside Christianity. That's why you have not just sheep, you have goats. Not just wheat, you have tares. Not just wise, you have foolish. So Jesus actually taught 50% of Christians would be completely fake and false and not even Christians at all. They'd just be pagans in your midst pretenders and imposters and Paul called them false brethren yeah oh am, are, am I false I'm sure part of you is false the issue is can you circumcise your heart and get real and live out of the humility of the divine part of you can you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus in you this isn't an all-or-nothing thing this is gradual salvation ever increasing glory the growth of the mustard seed that was planted inside the midst of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil which is your flesh and blood Adam and Eve left the knowledge of the glory for the knowledge of good and evil Genesis says they ate from the tree the not what is it the knowledge of the flesh and blood realm wow so now you're all flesh and blood so that's all you have and then you get born again and then you have the knowledge of the glory realm planted in you as a seed form. And it has to overtake and devour through your self-sacrifice of the curse of the fall of all your externalism, all your good and evil, which is all your janes and jambres that you're completely and totally baptized into from birth. What's janes and jambres? The magicians and the sorcerers of Egypt? White and black magic? The white and black checkerboard of Freemasonry? Hello? What is white and black magic? The knowledge of good. White witchcraft, the knowledge of evil, black witchcraft. Black magic, white magic. I'm a good witch, I'm a bad witch. I practice chaos magic, I practice order magic, I practice political magic. There's all kinds of different types of magic. You have 200 million demons that will teach you magic. They will teach you witchcraft. Some of it looks just like Christianity. That's called the Jezebelic witchcraft. That's the highest form of witchcraft is the counterfeit of the prophetic. That's what I've been wrestling for 15 years in Rutherford Ministries. That's why the spiritual Christians that are external are the main persecutors of Rutherford Ministries. 
You notice that? Anyone stuck around for a couple months, you notice that. It's because those are the ones that are the closest counterfeit to the realities we walk in. Satan will try to counterfeit everything he can in your life to distract you and confuse you. And so he has counterfeits for every stage of growth, from evangelical to charismatic, Pentecostal to glory stream, even to the most advanced prophetics, even to the Elijah level prophetics, which comes into the highest principality of Satan's kingdom of Jezebel. And so that's the last thing, that's the main strongman of the nation of the USA, is Jezebel. Because you have the highest level Christianity and you have the highest level witchcraft. And scripture actually says that the whore of Babylon, Jezebelic Christianity, which is the highest level witchcraft in the universe, is drunk on the blood of the saints. And it's shared with all rebellion in the world. So even if you're not participating in the highest level of Jezebel, someone is above you in the kingdom of hell and you're getting the overflow from the high place of the principalities because you're a part of that kingdom it runs through the whole kingdom there's a river in that kingdom a river flows out of the mouth of the red dragon it is written now in the kingdom of heaven you get what the apostles get automatically psalms 133 it's like fresh oil poured on the head of aaron that runs down the garments of the high priest to every member in particular of the body of christ you get it even if you don't believe in it if you are saved and a citizen of heaven with your name written in the Lamb's book of life even if you only got fire insurance because your spirit is regenerated and you might be the size of a Tinkerbell angel your spirit your spiritual stature might be the size of a pin needle but those that are the size of galaxies share everything with you because the kingdoms share everything from head to toes in both kingdoms so the breakthroughs of the galaxy angels are passed down to the Tinkerbell angels, both in heaven and in hell's kingdoms. Oh, it's true. That's why you need to understand the body. Paul was teaching of head, body parts, hands, feet, legs, all these different members of the body extremely important stuff so that you understand the universal body of Christ and the universal body of Satan yeah not just one body two bodies there's two bodies in Revelation <laughs> there's two trees in the garden we want to talk about all the happy clappy stuff all the time and that's total delusion some people only talk about the negative all the time and only talk about hell and get all weird on that too no you need the Spirit of God to control your teaching. Christ is your teacher, Scripture says. You need Christ to control your mind. The mind controlled by the Spirit of Christ is at peace with God. So you have one teacher and one controller that's transforming your brain by experience and by the Word of God and by the Spirit of God and the River of God and the Feast of God. And that is what you're learning today so he won't give you so much teaching on hell that it's just like you get paranoid and you're afraid to sleep with the lights off at night. He won't. He says he won't give you more than you can bear. He'll provide a way out. But he will give you a steady feast of wisdom of both understanding both trees in the garden. Why? Because when you were in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you didn't know it. 
It's called ignorance, perishing for lack of knowledge. The prisoners of darkness, very few of them, only a select few, understand that tree. You have to be a very high-level sorcerer in the kingdom of hell to understand and see and have vision, the eye of Horus in your brain, to see the demonic operations and the thrones and the principalities and the dominions of the kingdom of hell is hidden from over 99% of its citizens. So most of its citizens actually think they're good people. Isn't that interesting? They think they're good. They're good human beings. Just the delusion of the sorcery of the high-ranking princes and their sons and daughters are the only ones that have vision in the kingdom of hell. It's, it's shared with less than 1% of its citizens, whereas the kingdom of heaven, vision is the children's bread. Every single citizen gets vision. That's something you never had in religion, in darkness, in any other form of a witchcraft or any other form of life on earth. In the kingdom of hell, you did not have vision unless you were a high-ranking sorcerer. Because the demons are very limiting to who they give vision. They don't want to share their secrets and their mysteries of the kingdom of hell with you because that's how they rule the world for 6,000 years by darkness and confusion. So you have to usually go through tremendous blood sacrifice, human sacrifice, and different levels of proving yourself to even have vision in the kingdom of hell. I mean, hardly anyone that thinks they see in the kingdom of hell sees. I've been around every religion there is. I've been around every type of the occult that exists on the earth. The only ones that I've ever seen that actually have vision are Freemasons and Daughters of the Eastern Star. I'll, I'll sit down and talk with a 32nd degree Scottish Rite Freemason and we'll, we can relate in the vision, him with the eye of Horus, I can relate with that because it's true sorcery, it's real witchcraft, it's actually the vision of the fallen angels. Where, and then you just mock the little renaissance Wiccan pagans because they're, they're just suckers. They're not real witches, they're not real warlocks, they're all deceived by the true warlocks that are like the fallen angels. And you... So it's very, very, very limited in hell. So people come out of that limitation of vision and they take it with them into Christianity, into their belief and following of Jesus. And they say seeing and being a visionator is only for the seer prophets, only for some advanced mystics. That's a lie. I wish for all my people to be prophets, Jesus Christ said to Moses. I wish all my people to buy ISAV from me to see the prophetic seer anointing is something you are drinking in the cup of the new covenant. Jesus Christ is a seer prophet greater than Samuel. One greater than Samuel is here. Hallelujah. Samuel's called a seer. There are seer prophets and Jesus is a seer prophet. And guess what, bride? You married a seer prophet. And that seer anointing is the eye salve for your eyes to begin seeing by the Holy Ghost, the seven eyes. We need it because we got so much blindness and the fallen angels keep that blindness on us that we had in the kingdom of hell when we were peasants in the kingdom of hell. We carry that peasant blindness into the kingdom of heaven and it's not meant to be. You're supposed to come into royal vision, royal power. Do you understand only the highest ranking warlocks of the kingdom of hell 
have the eye of Horus, that have vision of the demons, have understanding of the inner workings of the kingdom of hell. It's only shared with elite sorcerers in the nations, usually at a governmental level, at a deep state, at an Illuminati, a Freemason and daughter of Eastern Star. Very and very only about one to five percent of even the Freemasons and daughters of the Eastern Star are even granted vision to know that they're in a Luciferian cult. Most of them are just born-again Christians like Billy Graham, who was a 32nd degree Freemason. So you have to really discern these things because hell has very limited amount of leaders. And they're billionaires, so they have a lot of money, they have a lot of power, and they have a tremendous amount of fallen angels, huge armies of demons. But their leaders of actual humans are very, very few. That's the opposite of the kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of heaven, there are a hundred million people on the planet that speak in tongues. In the AG alone, when I was in the Assemblies of God for seven years, we had 10 million tongue-speaking Christians in the Assemblies of God denomination just in Latin America alone. Just in Latin America. That's not including China or any other nation. Just in that tiny little area of the world, there was 10 million through AG missions that got baptized in the Holy Ghost and started speaking in tongues. So you have tens of millions of Holy Ghost Christians and hardly any of them see. <laughs> the, and if you begin to wake up into vision, there's no contest here, people. There is no chance the billionaires and the high-ranking sorcerers, the deep state, and the Illuminati could ever stop you. The issue is religion of the demons are still keeping most of us blind. And we're not going into vision. We're not sacrificing enough of our own heart, enough of our carnal vision to have spiritual vision. It takes a sacrifice of self to see. Because you can't see. And since you're not royalty in the kingdom of hell, it will never be granted to you. I don't care how much you get into the occult. You could go to every little seance in North America. The demons aren't going to share it with you. They only share with specific people. So hell is a total ripoff on every level. And it's tightening down. And really the families of the red dragon are as tight as they've ever been. And they're not sharing anything. They're not recruiting. And you are not accepted, to, and they're losing everything. Heaven is recruiting, and heaven will share with you true unlimited royalty. And that's what's going to change the world. That's what's going to erupt in revival. That God makes royalty by an unlimited amount of vision. Vision is one of the most valuable commodities. What were those angels called? Watchers. High ranking angels watching do you understand the value of seeing do you understand the ability of the holy ghost what does it take you have to walk by faith and not by your sight for a while during the transition phase it will appear as external darkness around you but it's only the curse of the fall the internal light is growing and it and if you keep walking by faith and not by sight, those eyes called the seven torches of the Holy Ghost begin to burn through your heart. And what your heart feels begins to be shared with your mind's visions. 
and begin to have visions and you begin to see you begin to see angels I see angels every single day for 12 years there's not one day I don't see angels God wants all of you to see angels continuously why because they're there and your spirit is angelic and he doesn't want you trapped in the realm of the natural through sin he wants you free in the glory realm with the angels remember the angels are the workers at the end of the age and who are they working for you and me why because we finally begin to see them and work with them and know them <laughs> and we're coming out of working with the demons and our doubt and unbelief we start to work with the angels of faith hope and love and the angels are greater they're only waiting on the Christians to mature we have to mature and we mature by eating prodigal sons came home to dad and he had a feast prepared for both of them to overcome religion it was the killing of the goat killing of your pride eat your own pride pride comes on you pride is the main thing that blinds you lust doesn't blind you that much that's why you have seer prophets that are like Lonnie Frisbee was having homosexual relations with people one of the greatest prophets how is that even possible you ever wondered how these people have such insane moral failure and then be used in the greatest strength and power of God oh did grace abound and his sin was horrible and his sin was despicable and disgusting and like so many other ministers that were used mightily by God the last 6,000 years the things they did are written in the Bible and you're just it's just horrible but how did they still get used with so much power there was a humbling David after adultery and murder put on sackcloth and ashes and was forgiven and his anointing doubled there were consequences he lost a son a baby died something died sin leads to death but it crushed him and it caused his soul such despair that there was an even a greater hole in his heart to be filled with the anointing his anointing grew your anointing can grow through all your failing as long as you let the oil to fill it as long as you let grace abound I'm not saying license to sin I'm saying getting filled more with the anointing with the oil with the glory and emptied of all the things that are leading you astray and that's how they come out they'll come out and you'll get filled and you need to get filled again and again and again it's called baptism which means continual filling you go and get a baptism of the Holy Spirit and then you're good no you get a baptism of the Holy Ghost and you stay baptized a lot of Christians don't stay baptized I remember I was doing inner-city missions in Bible College at a evangelism class and we went down to the park we're praying for homeless people and people just wandering around and this one crackhead came over and he had just smoked crack and we prayed for him he started speaking in tongues while he's high on crack I said what these backslidden crackheads got the baptism of the Holy Ghost what kind of God is this that just whacks people while they're high on the worst drugs in the worst situations this is some wild stuff you guys this is the furthest stuff from religion I could ever imagine I've been constantly shocked by how non-religious Jesus is you think I got this way because I'm just rebellious no I got this way because this is how God actually is and I just signed up for anything when I got born again I didn't know anything about Christianity nothing 
total blank slate and I said all of you none of me Catherine Kuman's book was handed to me the first week I was born again and she says you need to pray all of you Holy Spirit and none of me and I prayed that prayer and it happened and it turns out this is how God actually is and all the Christians are the most offended people in the world by it <laughs> because the spirit they have is not the spirit of Christ oftentimes it's a religious spirit the religious spirit is what shuts down your growth in the anointing that destroys the kingdom of hell so if Satan didn't attack Christians after they're born again there would be no sin sickness disease no pornography there'd be no hospitals and there'd be no crime in the whole world you understand that there couldn't be because the anointing destroys the yoke it is written the anointing destroys darkness demons hell they get bound in chains any enslaving yoke to wickedness that is on a person's spinal cord and brain and heart just snap crackles pops melts by the anointing oil if your anointing wasn't challenged after you're born again there'd be no hospitals in the world there'd be no police departments but everyone who's got born again got attacked jesus didn't even get tested by satan until he got the holy ghost baptized in the jordan the holy ghost descended upon him in the form of the dove then he was led into the wilderness to be tempted by satan for 40 days so satan doesn't even mess with you until you're born again until you get the holy ghost you're, you're not even interesting to them he won't even do anything to you that's why half those people say there aren't even demons and there is no hell because they don't even have the holy spirit once you get the holy ghost warfare begins and then you pass all these tests what, what are the three tests lust of the eyes lust of the flesh and the pride of life it's really self-promotion ascending the temple and ascending the mountain by your own ability and denying the holy spirit's anointing the holy spirit's ability satan brought jesus up to the top of the temple which is self-promotion and satan brought jesus up to the top of the mountain the bible says it so after you're born again all the demons of hell try to bring you up by your strength by your ability by strange fire dead works religion instead of trusting and knowing the holy ghost so you don't walk by faith you just let the demons lead you <laughs> you know many times i've dealt with people who get demonic visions demonic dreams demonic leadership i mean thousands thousands and thousands of Christians born again tongue-speaking Christians that are so immature that they follow demons still in most of their life and when the Holy Ghost comes with power that's Satan why because they don't even know him why because they're not inward Christians they're outward Christians they're brain led instead of spirit led they're dry place Christians instead of river of life Christians and you know what there is a false Christianity in the world majorly it's the one written about in the book of Revelation the one that's drunk on your blood <laughs> all her success comes from the real inward Christians allowing the false outward Christians to have all their stuff to have their resources to have their finances to have their fellowship to have their churches to have everything in the world we thought it was love to share what God has given us with tares and goats and foolish God doesn't call it love he says you're stupid oh that's not loving no 
Loving is bridegroom's chambers. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity, so you can actually get your own inward relationship with the living God and stop stealing off of those who have developed one. That's true love. And we got to do it. And I'm telling you, half of you still tolerate the persons of the wicked. I see it every day. You allow dead family members, you allow dead friends, the realm of the dead to cling to you and steal your joy, steal your peace, steal your oil, and then you're left dry and devastated because you got all the realm of the dead around you and you think it's your responsibility to let them get drunk on your blood. God doesn't want your enemies drunk on your blood, guys. Remember, that's the great sin of the whore of Babylon. He wants your enemies to be separated from you for you to get so raised from the realm of the dead that you can rain on your enemies with the glory of God without them sucking you dry down in the earth dimension. You have to be up in the heavenly dimension. Once you've raised above them, remember like Joseph, he was raised above them, then they come and get saved by you. But since we don't understand the process of Christianity, we often just let them steal everything from us and we stay in the pit and we stay in the prison and we never get raised high enough to do anything for our families and friends from Pharaoh's throne that we conquered by practicing the path of righteousness and shining ever brighter to the full dawn of day. <laughs> so we stay in these low places because we think that's humility. We think that's what God's will for my life is. I have a prison ministry. Holy Ghost. I got a Potiphar's wife ministry. <laughs> I got a pit ministry. I'm humble. I got, and you know what it looks like? It looks like working in the realm of the dead doing Christianity. So you get applauded by false Christians for staying low, staying down with your brothers when you're called to save your brothers. There's nothing holy about it. There's no rewards in it. It's total foolishness and immaturity, but most people have had their destinies destroyed because of this false Christian system that doesn't allow you to rise high enough to save others. You understand that once jo Joseph was raised to the throne, he saved the whole world. Now God did that in his sovereignty and he was chosen amongst his brothers, but a lot of people that are chosen reject the calling and stay down with their brothers. And God is trying to raise you above your brothers not that you're better than them, but God is able to use you more than them. Some people God can't use because they say no to him in their hearts. If we're honest with ourselves, that's the majority. They have limitations of what they tell God he can do in their life. It's okay as long as I can have the husband and wife that I want to have. It's okay as long as I can have the kind of life that I want to have. And you have all these stipulations that you put on God and so he can use you about as much as a thimble. And listen, at least he can use you. At least you're going to heaven and that's all you get for eternity. But the ones that go all the way, they're right at the throne. It's a totally different level of existence and that's what the Father wants. Those are the sons of God. Those are the mountaintop dwellers. Those are the ones who've sacrificed everything, who have gone through pit and prison to the palace to save their brothers. Joseph Company. Hallelujah. How do you save your brothers? There's no greater love than laying your life down for others. 
You save them by love, practicing the discipline of the inward sacrifice. Externally, they'll miss it. They'll miss it. You'll be around the Apostle Paul and not even know it. You could have Enoch right next to you and do you no good because you're so outwardly. You could have a visitation of Jesus Christ every day of your life, but it won't do anything unless you're an inward Christian. You could pray for signs, miracles, and wonders for 40 years and have them shower you like manna and quail, pillars of fire, clouds of smoke, the most amazing signs. It did them no good, did it? They still all died of unbelief in the wilderness. Why? Because they were outward instead of inward. They never circumcised their hearts. They were all religious fakes. Gotta let them work inwardly. The daily inward path is your daily communion with Jesus. What is my daily bread? People are so religious. They're like, let's take communion. It's about this wafer and this water, my coffee and my donut because I'm against religion. Look at me, I can use an Oreo cookie. No, it's about going in to union and having actual communion through the sacrifice of your heart, keeping your heart circumcised. Oh, guess what? Jesus said they get seven times worse if they got another covering over their heart after they were cleansed. Meaning you have to have a continuous union within, otherwise a demon more powerful than before will come and sear your conscience and cut your own mind off from your own heart and then you'll never find God. Now it'll be seven times harder to find God because of your sin, because of your covenant with demons. People like, covenant with demons? Anytime you have fear, you come into a covenant with a demon. Fear is a covenant with death. Faith is a covenant with life. Most Christians have two or three covenants with demons. Call them familiar spirits. Areas of temptation where you're weak, where you constantly fail, you've never been able to get over it, and you don't know how, and you don't have victory in those areas of your lives. There's usually just about two or three areas of those who love God, who are called according to their purpose, who are interested in being actual disciples of the kingdom of heaven. It's usually the secret lust, and then it's the judging. It's true. Hey, it's not just you, it's everyone. I've dealt with a thousand people in discipleship. It's usually secret lust, and it's usually judging, and that's called strife. So they got two areas, envy and strife, and lust. So the envy and strife and the lust are all taken care of. These familiar spirits, some of them only come out with prayer and fasting. What that means is going inward, going into your own heart. You will not have permanent breakthrough against the lust spirit permanent breakthrough against the pride spirit until you take that realm of your mind and thinking down into your heart and find Christ in you. It's no longer a hope of glory. It's the realization of the glory. In Greek, Colossians 1.27, it says the hope of realizing the glory that you come to the realization. It's talking about the brain. You only realize in the brain, the brain going inward to Christ in you. Do you understand that's how you overcome familiars? So what the familiars will do in these areas of weakness that we're all tested in and fail in constantly is they keep your conscience seared and looking at cleaning up the outside of the cup instead of cleaning up the inside of the cup. So the repetitive sin 
patterns never change and it's like I've been struggling this for 40 years there's no hope for me and you have no faith in that area of your life at all and that's common with every Christian every Christian deals with that there's usually two or three areas that a Christian never could overcome in their life all the way to the point of death and they die and fly away and it's overcome in death and that stuff falls off them and goes and finds another person it can cling to <laughs> and it doesn't make it into heaven and you're finally free and that's why a lot of Christians are like just take me home Lord because I could never defeat this thing and in a couple areas of the soul do you have victory in some areas you have failures in other areas and we're like no one's perfect that's not true you're just failing because of a lack of knowledge a lack of revelation living knowledge the spirit of knowledge and the spirit of knowledge will connect your brain into Jesus Christ because he has victory in every area and it's so easy for him to get breakthrough in areas that you can't when you are weak he is strong <laughs> how do you do it desire it's not just about getting beat up by your sins over and over he doesn't want you to learn through the school of hard knocks this isn't beat your head against the wall university <laughs> amen you don't learn through that that's if you're in total rebellion that is not your classroom you learn from Christ Christ is not the thing slamming your head against the wall because you're not learning your lessons that's Satan the school of hard knocks is Satan's school that's not Jesus Christ's school Jesus didn't send you into that Jesus wants to teach you in heaven in the glory through victory through revelation through wisdom Moses walked on sapphire stones. He wants to train you in sapphire stones through direct revelation, breathing life into your mind, into your heart, and walking a narrow path and having this stuff be dodged off your life so it's not total destruction, chaos, confusion. It's always a wreck. Help me. I need prayer. I need prayer. I need prayer. That's not the Christian walk. That's the Christian fall. That's the Christian failure. That's a beat up, devastated, demonized Christian that hasn't ever eaten and feasted in the Father's house before and they're barely winging it every season of their life. That is the furthest thing from biblical Christianity. We are more than conquerors. That means tremendous victory. How? Whoa, because Paul trained in inward Christianity that you could actually take your mind and your brain and connect it to the kingdom of heaven within and live out of his resources, but few Christians have ever been taught correctly. Most Christians are still externalists in their spirituality, so that's why everything is screwed up in their life. It's a mixture of the old covenant in the new covenant. You know, Every part of you that's external or old covenant is still connected to the kingdom of hell. Every part of your brain that is external is still bound with cables and cords to altars of demons. And you can put as much makeup as you want on the external realm. It's the truth anyhow. Circumcision of the mind is also written in the New Testament. We talk about circumcision of the heart because that's primary. Now we're transformed, transfigured by the renewing or the circumcising of the mind, which is getting off all the cables and the cords off the back of the brain, the brainstem, right there. They connect right there and that will attach to a, a demon altar of repetitive sin. 
and the familiar spirit will breathe right through that cable oftentimes that's where mom and dad was connected that's how alcoholism is passed on that's how lust and pornography is passed on that's how pride and religion and being a pharisee is passed on it's an external altar that has a cable in the spinal cord which is the will the electrical system of your soul holy ghost and so we begin to circumcise the soul, circumcise the spine, and circumcise the mind, and get all the cables and cords. And I love the illustration of Neo waking up in the matrix in the tub of goo with all the cables and cords connected to him. Because that really is revelatory, and that came out of the kingdom of heaven, that image, because that's exactly what it looks like. And the main cable is where right in the brainstem. That's true. And so you disconnect there. You'll feel something like a yoke break off the back of your brain. You're coming out of Babylon the Great. You're coming out of a programming and a bewitchment. People are so bewitched and brainwashed in their mind. You talk to them, they're like zombies out there. The Democratic Party is the prime example. Total brainwash of people that are just mindless brainwashing and there's a cable because it's the seed of Herod working in the Democratic Party that has brainwashed their brains and there's so much witchcraft that there's no chance of fathoming truth light revelation and it's just all darkness and gunk in the brain because they're connected to the throne of Herod in the underworld of hell it's true. It's a principality, a political principality of Herod that works in all politics in all nations. It's not just America. It's not just the Democrats. It's obviously communism. It's in the religious system of Islam. It's all Herod and Pharisees. Jesus said, beware of their seed. Why? Because it will connect your outer man to the kingdom of hell and you'll be the puppets of the demons, just like the Pharisees. They're the sons and daughters of Satan. So instead of external sons and daughters of the fallen angels, we're learning how to be internal sons and daughters of God. And cable by cable, cord by cord, you get progressively transfigured, transformed by the renewing and the washing of the water of the word through your heart and mind and bones. And all the darkness and everything falls off of you and you grow progressively in glory, freedom. First Peter chapter 1. It's called the glorious freedom of the Son of God. It actually says sons, plural. <laughs> the glorious freedom of the sons of God. You grow in it. When I was younger in the AG, I had tremendous freedom when I was born again. I felt like I was levitating for six months. I felt like an angel feather just floating around. But then they started teaching me religion. They told me to turn off the speaking in tongues like a water faucet. So next thing you know, I'm in control and the Holy Ghost is not. And I'm telling him to be turned off like a water faucet. And I learned all this witchcraft of how to control the Holy Spirit in the assemblies of God. And a lot of that freedom subsided because I was taught charismatic witchcraft in Bible college and in the charismatic church and and all in the glory stream and I was taught a lot of things that are just not true at all because losing total control to the glory of God is chaos to these people and they're like decent and in order bro God's a God of decency and in order in the glory cloud <laughs> not in the dry Egyptian hell of having everything prim and proper that ain't decent and in order nothing decent and in order about you being in control 
It's only the Holy Ghost being in control. Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. So it's not something you do. It's something the Spirit does. The Spirit controls you. Unless the Spirit's controlling your mind, it's a religious spirit, a controlled spirit, a demon that's destroying your life and infringing your freedom. Next thing you know, it's like, I can't do this. I can't do that. Here a little, there a little. Weary some religion. You're back into the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Twice dead, bewitched. Galatians 3.1. Having started in freedom and in bondage. That ain't God's plan for anyone. That's Satan destroying your lives after you're born again. That you're worse off after being born again than before. Because now you're religious Pharisees. Now you put yokes on people of do's and don'ts instead of the glory of God instead of grace and love and rivers. There's no rivers in that. It's all Egypt. It's all sand. It's all pyramids. It's all religious slavery. It's false Christianity. It's the kingdom of hell enslaving the Christians after they're born again, just like the Israelites in Egypt in the Exodus. Did you know that the Egyptian slavery of the Christians is thousands of times greater than the Israelite enslavement of the Egyptians to the religious demons no longer in types and shadows of Moses's day now you are, are coming out of the realities of coming out of spiritual Egypt on mass global exodus tens of millions hundreds of times on a larger mass than ancient Israel that was a type and shadow of what's happening to you and your cities and your nations right now there's no comparison this is on a thousandfold greater level of spiritual Egypt exodus from false Christianity, even false religion. We see false Christianity because that's the closest thing. You have all the knowledge of it, but it's a dead litter that kills. Because they're still not in the river, just studying the Bible instead of the Word being made flesh. We're not living epistles. God forbid we ever transform. <laughs> Hallelujah. We want to transform. We want to be read of all men. Let your light shine before others. They might see God, Jesus said, and glorify him in heaven. Wow. But I want to be humble. Well, God's humility is called the glory cloud. Don't you think him showing up in Matthew 16 on the mountain of transfiguration was humble? Or is your humility the humility of the religious devil? Most Christians is. Because it's a religious humility. It's satanic humility. We need the humility of the glory cloud. When God spoke, it was in perfect humility, and it sounded like thunder. What does perfect humility sound like when God spoke? Thunder. But we're deceived in thinking that it's whispering, being nice and gentle, being trampled on by wicked, not being aggressive, being the victim every day. Like, that's humility. No, that's being controlled by demons. That's being a loser. That's, there's no victory in that. That's not humility. Moses was the most humble man, it is written. What did he do? Killed the king of Bashan. Og, king of Bashan. Went over to a Nephilim and slit his throat. Greatest humility of all time. Slitting throats of giants. Wow. Because it's silencing, gagging, stuffing, and destroying demon spirits that lie and destroy human lives with God's glory. That's what true humility is. Being submitted to the truth. The meek shall inherit the earth. People like Moses. Do you see the works of Moses? The most 
catastrophic signs and wonders of all time and yet greatest humility but the greatest outward demonstration so of course all of his enemies went nuts on him he had constant rebellions amongst his people that he was not humble I can do what Moses do why is he leading us Dathan open the earth and swallow them into hell while they're still alive why because it's God the Father's power practiced in true humility. We need true humility. True humility is omnipotence, but it looks nothing like the religious spirit's humility. False humility has stolen many of your birthrights because you don't want to be seen. Jesus said, let your light shine. Be seen. We don't want the stage. If you don't have the stage, the religious demon will have it. And he has. Why? Because the real Christians have been having their blood sucked dry by the whore of Babylon for 2,000 years. We can't be passive anymore. You need to be aggressive. What does it say? My righteous one is as bold as a lion. You are born of the genetics of the lion of the tribe of Judah. And if you begin to feast on the word of God, those genetics will rise in your heart. And you'll be very bold. You're not an introvert. You're just young in the Lord. You know, I was introverted when I was young in the Lord because I was only learning and growing inwardly. Then the lions started to come out and you are transfigured in your personality. Do not identify as anything as a young believer. Otherwise, you'll reject change. You'll reject transformation. You get into some little culture club and say, this is who I am and this is my personality and you'll stunt your growth and you'll never become the lion of the tribe of Judah. In this world, we are Jesus, it is written. That's what you're growing up into, and that's the seed of God inside your hearts. Do not settle for an external inheritance. Do not let men and women tell you who you are. We are to be nothing less than Jesus Christ in this world, in the fullness of his power and ability, in the fullness of his light, in the fullness of his thunder, in the fullness of his lightning, in the fullness of his love. And that's what we're changing into. Be transfigured by the changing of your brain. See, the brain is what comes in covenant with the liar. It says yes to I'm that. The world made you that. God didn't make you that. He's still trying to change you, but people reject change because they make a covenant with Satan saying, that's all that I want to change. If I change anymore, it's going to stretch my comfort zone. Let him go. You know, it grieves me every day that so few can walk with me, but you know, honestly, I only want the ones walking with me that will constantly change. Grow. It's called growing. If a person stops growing, I can't walk with you. I don't want to be around you. Because you're the opposite type of person that Jesus is and you'll be sent far, far away from the sons of God. I'm telling you the truth. We've been spared those that have rejected change. And we're blessed because of it. These angels and these rivers will sort out the stones of the human brains and move them into areas where people are of similar caliber. That's how heaven is. Everyone in heaven is around the people that they're like. <laughs> because that's what you chose to change into while you're down on earth. Hardly any of them are moved around the throne. We can change that. You need to understand, up until this present time, 
the majority, I'm talking 99%, are outside the throne room. Why? Because they had their own little culture, their own little personality, their own little denomination, belief systems about God. It was all about them and not about God. They're all just religious hypocrites and they're in heaven and they're all together and they're far from the throne and they know that's where they should be because they're not like God at all because while they're on earth they they chose to be like other things idols that they made in the image of God and there's justice and it's not punishment it's reality of where their hearts and minds chose to be while they're on earth and so they carry on that position while they're in heaven it's called the outer courts the inner courts and the holy place all different depths of commitment and levels of knowing Jesus Christ in you. We need to be holy of holies Christians. We need to populate the throne room. We need throne room meat for the mature. We need throne room bread, throne room drink. And whatever the price it is, when people come around in any area you get pricked in your heart, someone says something and you spur up in pride, oh, Whoa, I'm still demonized. And then you go down into humility and say, what can I react differently so I'm not pricked in my heart to manifest Satan when someone does something like that to me? Amen. That's something I just did today. People come into RLM and the first thing that they say is, leave this ministry and come to this other ministry. And, uh, you know, and it's like the natural man's like, really, dude? The... And the, and the father is like, you know what you should do? You should bless them that that ministry has blessed them and let mercy cover them and react in a more mature manner. Let mercy triumph over judgment. Don't bring justice. Don't come in there and just block them and get rid of them because they're leading everyone astray into other ministries and just doing damage to your ministry. The most mature thing you could do is say, I'm glad that that ministry is working for you and your family. And I sincerely meant it, and I felt breakthrough today in doing that. It's like, ooh, next level of humility. <laughs> it's awesome. We need to do that about everything. When any area of our pride is pricked by other people doing any kind of animalistic activity, you need to go lower in humility and demonstrate more of the Father's sovereignty because God the Father has zero control in Him. And we still have measures where we want to control others. Even if it's at a distance, you need to lose control. And you need to learn to love more as the Lord of the fountain and the Lord of the fountain of Israel. You do it. Hallelujah the fountain you just water them and you can see as you go lower as you don't react in pride you go down in humility how the water can bless them be like man i am so happy that the water is flowing through so many ministers and so many families are getting blessed and blasted and drinking the living water and lives are being changed and it's no longer about you and what you're doing because you're confident in who you are in christ that is so important for ministers that is one of the main lessons you need to learn as a minister is confidence in your role with your father so there's no competition with other ministries and ministers. No pride, just blessing. That is a, a true sign of maturity when people can just bless everyone. And you're not trying to control people into your own ministry. The Father never does that. The Father lets them roam around the kingdom. You don't have to hang out with God. You can go hang out with Enoch. You can go hang out with Paul. 
You could go hang out with anyone in the kingdom of heaven. And the father's like, do whatever you want by the desire of your heart. It's all heaven. It's all good. But those that love the most will want the strongest hit. So they'll want to be next to the person of their father. So they're there by genuine, sincere desire. That's how heaven is. And so, and God will, at times will use men and women in heaven to learn and teach different attributes of his nature. He'll do the same on earth. And see, the Father and his throne is only inside our hearts on earth. So you can only encounter God through men and women on earth. All the wisdom that's down here came through prophets. None of it's pie in the sky. None of it, you can't give any glory to the sun or to the sky, which is Molech and Renfon. Molech, it means sun. Refund means Saturn. It's people that serve an external Jesus and they give glory to the sky. They lift their hands and they give glory to Molech and Saturn. It's called external Christianity. We don't give any glory to Satan and his angels in false Christianity. We know that all wisdom that's down here came through men and women's hearts and we do not rob their rewards in Jesus' name. You need to understand that first and foremost that the new covenant only comes inside the human spirit that's only inside human flesh and blood. The whore of Babylon, this thief, is the one that says, you need to glorify God, and they point up into space. That's not new covenant, people. You have a prayer rally and a worship rally, and they're all lifting their hands up into space. Not a single one knows Christ in them. If they knew Christ in them, they would lay hands right on their heart right on the throne, they would know the Holy of Holies in their heart. Do you understand the level of bewitchment in America, in the whole world? How immature we are that we're still Old Covenant Christians. The Great Awakening is those who go inward, the deep diving within, and it just washes that whole external realm away. You notice that they'll say, we don't follow man. God is only inside man. I'm not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. Who are you following if you're not following a God-man or a God-woman? If you're not walking with apostles and prophets, you're not even in the body of Christ. I mean, hello, the head of the body? What body are you in if you're not in the body of a man? If you're not in the body of woman, the bride? You're not in the kingdom. You're not a Christian. You're rebellious and you're practicing Jezebel's witchcraft and that's why they're outside the body because they're bewitched and deceived. This is huge, huge stuff in American Christianity right now. And um, half the charismatic church practice this stuff. So you need to attack these demons. And when we come into the understanding of who Christ is in each other and we come into an understanding of measurements, then we'll honor our positions in the kingdom of heaven, in the body of Christ, and we'll run fluidly. But the externalism has everyone bewitched, and so no one actually knows what rank and ability they are of and what maturity they are of because they're judging outwardly instead of seeing the hearts. Christ sees the hearts. Christ had his three, then he had his twelve, then he had his seventy-two. There was his holy of holies disciples. What was it? By desire. It was how much they had the ability to love. And who was his one? John, because he was in his heart, leaning his head in his heart. The one, the three, the twelve, and the seventy-two. And so you have all different levels of intimacy and closeness to God and his throne. And this isn't about 
James and John saying, who's going to sit at your left and right hand? That's for the Father to decide, Jesus said. Meaning, how much you sacrifice your heart. How much you sacrifice, and the Father represents the fire of the sacrifice of your heart. Whether you're at his left or his right for eternity is dependent on how much you've allowed God's fire to devour you. That's how close you'll be to his throne forever. Your eye sockets will burn out. You'll feel as though you're melting. The caterpillar becomes mush in the cocoon. Metamorphosis of the Christian. You're becoming mush in the cocoon of glory. These are all the wonderful things that you begin to experience. And so the fire of God is changing you, but you feel like you're losing yourself and you're trying to cling on for dear life and hold on to things of the natural and anchor to the realm of the natural. It's all idols. And the faster you can let go and just burn in the fire of God, the faster wisdom will build her seven pillars and lift you up into the heavens and you start to walk in tremendous wisdom. You start to see angels and work with the angels continuously. You start to be the lords of the earth and the kings and the priests of the earth. Revelation chapter 1, it is written. And the stuff in us that rejects that calling is what's burning and dying. You will never have a greater glory unless something in you dies to the fire. Problem is, we're not willing to let stuff die because we're clinging to it. Our little blankie. <laughs> And we don't want to give our blankie to the fire. I've always had this little blankie. Don't take my blankie. Burn it. You have to burn blankie. Otherwise, you won't get the blanketing of God the Father because you got your little familiar spirit that you're clinging on to because it's comfortable to you because you've always walked in those realms of darkness. You've never had breakthrough. That thing has to die. You have to be willing to kill the animal in order to have the smoke of his glory. And the animal is your pet sins. The animal is your belief systems. The animal is the places where you say no to God through his apostles and prophets. It's the area where you disagree with his apostles and prophets. Because that's how God's down here. You can't just say you have your own relationship with God. No prophecy is for individual interpretation. That's why people have all 100,000 different denominations your relationship with God is based on a corporate body of Christ and it has to be judged in the fire of God and then you won't have familiar spirits keeping you divided from the whole body doing your own thing with your whole life and it's not the kingdom and it doesn't advance the kingdom. He wants you operating as a well-trained army. The army of the Lord. Joel's army. Made of millions of people. You were born into the army of God. You were not born into buildings made by human hands. You were not born into independence in an independent relationship with God. You, your relationship with God is directly connected to every believer in your city right now, whether you know it or not. Because all your spirits are inside the church of the firstborn. You've been born in the firstborn. It's just the brain is so disconnected through religious rebellion, you don't even know you're participating in the whole citywide spiritual church to the church of Minneapolis, to the church of New York, to the church of, the, of Ephesus, to the church of Corinth, to the church of Smyrna. Every single church from Matthew to Revelation is an entire city because your spirits are all working citywide automatically even if you're in 100,000 different buildings. 
The walls have to come down and the cities be lifted up and you start to have kingdom cities. That hasn't happened yet. It must happen. It will happen in the glory of God. When your spirits are built up in faith and your faith is made perfect, then you'll have on earth as it is in heaven, which is called whole cities in the glory and all the little divisions of your pet doctrines and your weird stuff you believe in and your denominations all of it goes up in smoke by the glory fire and you have cities that are complete kingdom dominion glory goshen cities by the power of god and you can see right now is the time of all the stuff in us the leaders of cities and nations is getting burned out of us the very things that will disciple cities in, you're being discipled in your own self right now. Because you can only pass into others what's been passed into you. There can be no hypocrisy. Do not despise the days of small beginnings as the city of New Jerusalem is rising in your heart because you're learning all the ways of God's city so that you can put it into your whole city on earth as it is in heaven. And that's what disciples nations and that's what changes society and it's revelation and understanding in the realm of the spirit beyond the veil of flesh and blood what is taking place and having your mind in that place and working through the veil burning the veil from the inside out and the abilities of the inner man where the walls of pride will begin to burn down and then people's eyes and their brains are inside the inner man and they're getting influenced by your great wisdom and that causes great awakening. Amen. You can see how when we're God outside minded bewitched, all the minds are in darkness and the witches and the warlocks will rule over the Christians. Why? Because we've been practicing measures of witchcraft and so a little leaven leavens the whole lump. You have no power and authority in the natural realm. You're trying to work by the natural realm, natural politics, natural religion to change society. That ain't apostolic. That's the false apostolic. True apostolic is doing it from the inside out where your heart is so built up that you begin to wrap your spirit around flesh and their stones, their brains, their flesh, their bones are inside your spirit. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit says the lord oh just god's spirit god's spirit is only in your spirit if anyone's joined to the lord he's one spirit with the lord are you using the lord's abilities or is your mind still connected to the outer man's abilities pull your mind into your inner man and god's divine ability to rule and reign and to be an all-consuming all-encompassing all-covering fire will wrap all flesh brains and bones in 5,000 mile radiuses easily without even one drop of sweat because God can do it. All things are possible for those who believe. This isn't even stretching stuff here. There's times coming where one Christian have the ability to create new planetary systems with a whisper. A new civilization. Wow, have I not said you are gods? We're not dying like Elohims either. Because now you're one with the Trinity. The bride is the fourth person of the Trinity. People go crazy when the Bible, Jesus Christ said it out of his own mouth. You are gods. The word gods is creators. But since your brain is outside of Jesus Christ in you, you create very little. Build little churches, build little cities. It's all external. 
I want you to bring the glory realm of Zion, the Garden of Eden, from inside you, attaching your brain to the big C, the big creator, and let him come out of you and totally transfigure your fallen nature so you can create all the kingdom dimension of heaven on earth and wrap it from the outside. Go the inside and the outside. We're working from both the rain and the spring. The rain's from above and the spring's from below. Days of Noah, Genesis 7-11, and the fountains of the great deep broke up and burst forth, and rains in the windows of the heavens began to pour. So it's coming down from the outside and the inside. The foundation's the inside, and the inside gets so built up in full spiritual stature that it begin, begins to overflow. Your cup, your flesh, overflow with the fountains of the great deep of the fountains of the Lamb. The breaking of the mighty breaking waters the Garden of Eden's living waters, the rivers of Eden, coming out of your hearts. Out of your belly flows rivers of living water, but of this he spoke of the Holy Ghost, John 7:38, and it begins to rain. And you begin to move their brain by rain. And the waters and the angels that are in the waters of the kingdom of heaven will rearrange all society to be under God's throne, Revelation 22. That's the final destiny of this planet and this universe. As these waters that you and I bring, learning how to use the new covenant as temples of the living water, rearranging every brain on the planet to be under the dominion and the power and the authority and the might and the glory and the wisdom and the riches of the Lord Jesus Christ's throne. Amen. Hallelujah. It's a wonderful thing. The works of the water where are the rivers taking us? The end result of God's Christianity, not man's. It's a kingdom. It's a throne with every brain under it, constantly washed as smooth stones. The fullness of the fivefold, washing all stones. There's five stones that King David brought out of the river. That re represents that all nations' brains will be washed in the river. Don't you think he wants everyone evangelized, everyone pastored? I mean, my God, we're talking about perfection here, people. The fivefold remains until everyone's perfect, and the river is washing their brains perfect in the fivefold river. We do have a long ways to go, but he can do it quickly. There are Christians here maturing into sonship levels of, of power, becoming like the angels and the children of the resurrection. It's not going to take a long time. It only takes one to raise a standard like Noah and flood the earth, the Bible says. I pray you be the one. I pray you be the one that sacrifices all, that goes low in humility every time a person is prideful and arrogant towards you, that you can react crucified with Christ. No longer living, no longer defending yourself, now letting the glory of God defend you. Why? Because You've been crucified with Christ. The whole point of it is now you no longer live. You no longer have to defend yourself. You can let Christ be your defender. Hallelujah. Mm. We had a long time of worship tonight. And so we'll probably have to end here. Almost getting to our, our meal time. We have a community meal at, at 8 o'clock. We're celebrating the release of our new app. It's on Apple coming very soon to Android. It's called Glory Life by RLM. If you have an iPhone 
on any Apple device. You can download it now for free in the Apple Store, Glory Life by RLM. It is phenomenal. Our staff has been working on it for five months, and it's all custom made, every detail, all the pictures, all the font, everything, all the graphics. It is super beautiful. Download it. We're going to be celebrating tonight the release of the new Glory Life app. It really has the, the music in it. It has the Bible, the audio Bible in it. It has the ability to log in and message all the leaders. It has a messenger system built into the app. It's got tons of stuff in it. It's super cool. So download it, and we're going to go party. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Amen. We're also trying to raise a little support, so please pray about supporting our, our upgrades we're doing in our facility here in our broadcasting center. We got 100-year-old concrete, 100 year old concrete, and we have men volunteering the time. It's costing us several thousand dollars less than the original estimate because we have people in the community that are part of Red Letter Ministries volunteering all their skill and time to do the work. We still need to pay for the materials of the concrete, which will be about $9,000. We've raised two. So we really need to raise that $7,000 in the next week or so to pay for all this. This is something we've been wanting to do for 10 years since we moved into the crack house. This is huge upgrade walkway. We've been walking through mud back there. It's grade five rock. It's, it's just so tore up. We have the ugliest driveway in the ghetto. That's how bad it is. We have the ugliest driveway in the ghetto in the poorest area of the Twin Cities. North Minneapolis. So we really need to bring the standard up in our facility, in our broadcasting center. We should not be in the garbage dumps. We should have something decent, something nice. And so we could raise that support. That'd be amazing. You can donate at redlettermen.com. We will see you tomorrow. Amen.